and welcome to Love Letters, a Story Mode Podcast Network production, I guess, in which I, your host, Jesse Munro, sits down with a special guest to discuss the movies, games, and TV shows that are special and important to them. Today, I am joined by the man who puts the degent in gentleman, a solar-powered sex machine who doesn't shower after on the beach. I present to you, dear listener, the human spider, aka Keelan Simpson. How are we doing? It's Spider-Man. I, I felt like I had to put the whole thing about you not washing when you go to the beach in, just so we could get this off on a really bad foot. Because that's Look, awful. I, I, I don't need to hear this again. This is such a dumb thing to disagree about. It's literally about timing. It's not about whether it happens or not. I do wash after the beach, okay? I just prefer to do so at home. Your okay? car smells like that submarine. You've been in my car. It doesn't smell... Which submarine? The what? What submarine? There's been one submarine that we've spoken about this year. <laughs> I just wanted you to say it. Um, no, it doesn't. It smells clean and fresh because I'm a responsible young adult who Ooh. takes care of their things. Okay. The lives have started early on this one. <laughs> I shouldn't be insulting you because I, I should be welcoming you and, and listeners back question mark because there will be some people who have heard these episodes before as part of the story mode podcast um love letters used to be like a spin-off thing we did over there but now i've spun it right off it's its own show and we've got a bunch of uh guests and new episodes and all sorts of things that keelan's already heard about because i've been bouncing ideas for you for about three months and <laughs> it's now good, it's guys. here and we're going to talk about uh in this case a film that is important to you and is, I, I think, been very much a, a background, uh, a, a background in the, in, in, the, in the painting of our friendship, okay, has been this film, 2002 Sam Raimi masterpiece. Keelan, what are we talking about today? We're talking about Spider-Man number one. Hells okay. yeah. The best one. Jesse... That was eloquent and beautiful of you. That's a great way to put this film. It's It has been a constant presence. It's been a comfort and a yes. retreat. And um, it's been that for me in my personal life as well, alone. It's this one is, of this few, is one hell of a film. It's one of the few in-joke kind of things we have that is fit for publication. The others are not. <laughs> No, absolutely <laughs> not. This one, this one, we can whip out at a kid's birthday party, you know, and they're gonna they're gonna love it. It'll be great. You but, can't uh, say yeah. whip out uh, at a kid's I, birthday party. Okay, you, right. make sense you, you didn't have to make that connection. Didn't have to. You didn't have to bring us down into the dirt, into the ditch with you. Okay, didn't have to. Got to, <laughs> and I did. Now, Keelan, why is Spider Man? 2002 Sam Raimi's magnum opus. Why is it important to you? That's such a big, important question. But basically, I fucking loved Spider-Man as a child because as a child, you have to choose identity, right? You got to be, you can be a truck kid. You can be like um, a, a planet's kid like astronomy you can be a dinosaur kid or something like that well i was all of those things and i settled on on spider-man 
Spider-Man was my dude, okay? He just represented everything that I wanted to be. Smart and wiry, but strong. Okay? And I achieved two of those things. I like how you didn't go for witty. I won't say which. No, like, wiry. Just wiry. And you the, are. The wit. The wit. Exactly. See, I I told you two of those things. I'll leave the the last one up to uh, listener interpretation. So when this movie came out, I was like eleven, I think. I was eleven. Yeah, I think I was eleven, and um, I knew immediately. Like I needed to see this thing. I needed to go to the cinema and be present in the the sea of people who adored Spider Man as much as I did. Okay, I had action figures of this dude. All right. I was so freaking into Spider-Man, even at that age. A little bit old, you say? Well, I say, forget no, about I'll, I'll, it. Let people like good. what they like. Eleven's good. Yeah. Look, I, I, I think it was totally appropriate. So um, I didn't very often go to the movies when I was a kid, but this, this needed to happen. And um, I used to do karate lessons when I was a child. Um, and I went to this like dojo with all these other kids and stuff, and we would learn our katas and all of that kind of karate what stuff. What belt did you get to? If you, I got to a uh, green belt. Same here. It's like, it's not high, but it's like midway or something like that in, in our dojo. We should fight. L- look, I've considered it several times in the past, but I just think that there's a few like physics-based issues which might get in the way of you know a truly objective encounter. So we're gonna look, uh, we're yeah, gonna maybe look like not. a uh, uh, Wish.com version of Spider-Man versus Kingpin. That made me sad. <laughs> that's not what I was thinking. That's that's not what I was thinking. Why? Um, I just, okay, I made you Kingpin because you're I, bald. I, I was thinking more that. Um, it would be a, a, like a lot of the professional wrestling encounters that I've seen in the past where it's a David versus Goliath situation, okay? Um, and that links in very nicely with Spider-Man. Wrestling is one of my passions as well. And Spider-Man is just like the first time you see him really do his thing, you know, and really beat the crap out of someone other than Flash is this wrestling scene. And I was like... Holy shit, this is my two passions, and they've just been thrown together in one movie, and it was absolutely mind-blowing. To top it all off, on the at the end of all of this stuff, we went through this amazing movie with this emotional journey. It's cheesy enough for a kid to like understand the message behind everything, like it's simplistic enough as well, but there's so much like depth hidden in that I've managed to uncover as an adult through rewatches, and it's absolutely hilarious there's a level of darkness to the film which is what you expect from sam raimi you know horror director and such that i'll say it suited the post 9-11 world this came out like may the next year after (laughs) 9-11 because i remember all the promotional um, posters had the twin towers and he put a web behind um between them it's like well where was he where was he when building seven collapsed could ask these questions. Mm. I never saw this at the cinema, which bums me out to no end. Why? Spider-Man was peak Blu-ray. It was Spider-Man and it was Swordfish. These were the films that everyone had on Blu-ray. And I remember like places like JB Hi-Fi, if you bought 
anything from them, they would give you a copy of they, Spider-Man. They gave it to you, right? And my sister bought a, a stereo, a multi-track, multi-CD, what are they called? Like CD stack kind of things? Uh, she bought that oh, yeah. and they gave her a copy of Spider-Man. I sat down and I watched it. And it was like a year after X-Men had come out, which I liked the first X-Men, but I was never really mm-hmm. a superhero kid. I was that dinosaur kid. I never grew out of it. Uh, I, I, I didn't yeah. have all these cool like Spider-Man toys or like didn't get to DC or Marvel or whatever. So I'd seen X-Men. I liked it. I think the other superhero films around that time were like Spawn and Blade, which I didn't get into. But I saw this and I'm like, I love Spawn and Blade, by the way. Well, I can do, we can do extra movies. episodes because it gives me an excuse to watch them. Uh, yeah. But I remember like seeing this 35-year-old Tobey Maguire trying to play a 17-year-old. And I'm just like, this is cool, man. And then you got Macy Gray. you got J. Jonah Jameson, who we'll get to. <laughs> you got people turning into skeletons. you got Willem Dafoe talking into the mirror. Uh Oh, oh shit! Who plays Harry? Um, uh, d- that guy, yeah, uh, James well, Franco. James Franco. This is like pre-dickhead James Franco. Kirsten Dunst, mm-hmm. fantastic. Look, we'll get to some of the other characters in the film, but let's let's start off with the main star of the show, Bonesaw. Now, you're a massive wrestling fan. Who plays Bonesaw? Can you just break down the Bonesaw? mythos for me a little bit the bone saw mythos oh you mean his his character and lore <laughs> just just everything about that scene the actor just that's all this episode about bone saw mcgraw is played by the one and only randy macho man savage the fantastic prolific wrestler from the 80s and 90s um that's what he did day in day out and he's widely regarded as one of the best of all time um people love his work and they love these promos completely unhinged and you know the pro wrestling voice that everyone does where they're like oh yeah brother like yeah. that kind of thing that's him that's that's macho man um i looked i looked him up before do you know what i didn't know his full name do, do you want to know what his full name is Maximus Machuus Randinus Savage. Savage. Yeah, nah. It's Randy Mario Poffo. Hey, yo, it's me. Okay. <laughs> I didn't mean for that character to come out. Uh, but I think this is something that everyone should prepare themselves for because we will drift in and out of this as we talk about the spirit of New York. There is a character. Hey character Keelan and myself classic uh character actors beloved character actors we created this new uh everyone's new favorite uh you know millhouse and the simpsons parents got divorced he went on hard times maybe he got a little bit of drugs moved to new york became a construction worker moved back to springfield and needs to sleep on bart's bed or couch or bed i don't know they could fuck and it's just this weird voice that we do. That, to be honest, I actually stole from um, Brian Altano from IGN, like all of his podcasts. He did a podcast called Comedy Button where he would do this like New York voice. And for some reason, I did it one day poorly. 
very poorly. It's not a good character. Like, this isn't anything good. And then we, you and I just started nope. doing it. And it's... You know, the period where we probably spoke in that voice. Hey, I'm walking here. You mess with one of us. You mess with all of us. We spoke like that for like a month. We almost lost our jobs. Yeah, like... Yeah, it was bad. It was it was getting to the point where relationships were at stake. Um, look, I, I don't want to say that it it's a, a bad character. It's certainly an acquired taste. Yes. However, <laughs> however, I immensely enjoy uh, the the Millhouse character simply because the the thing that comes alongside uh, New York Millhouse is the uncomfortable requests it's just it's like a little innocent things just turned slightly up a little bit like hey bot can you drive me to the airport i gotta bring my cats with me over overseas or some something weird like that hey, slightly bot, uncomfortable can you give my number to your sister i know she's married i know she's a she's a good woman but hey millie i i gotta shoot my shot bot Hey, bot, I'm sorry to hear about Marge. She was a good one. It's just real sad shit. But it is, it is a mixture of the crowd of New York, New Yorkians, as I call, um, from uh, the end of this film, of, of Spider-Man, when they start throwing soup cans at the Green Goblin. Because, <laughs> of course, you call Macho Man, Rain Savage, and Millhouse. And I just thought that was a brutal amalgamation. But... Let's go back to 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 Randy. Bonesaw. Um, you've been trying to get me into wrestling for how long have we know each other for? About twelve years, give or take. Probably more probably than bit, that now. More. But yeah, um, maybe not trying to get you into it, but trying to get you to understand and appreciate it and accept it. And there's only ever been two clips. There are two clips that I understand and accept into my heart. There is one where um, it's like a funeral and some a gentleman uh, crashes said funeral and steals the coffin by tying it to a car and driving away. Very good. And the other one is Macho Man Randy Savage uh, being interviewed by a small man and he's talking about the cream rising to the top. And it's, it's beautiful. I, I wish I had that energy in my life. You know, the the beautiful thing about Randy Savage, a lot of a lot of professional wrestlers they play a character, and um, they'll turn it on and off as necessary. Hulk Hogan, for instance, he's not always about saying prayers and eating your vitamins. It's it's a character he plays. But Randy Savage was that was just him. Same as Ric Flair, the the, the drugs and the uh, the alcohol um, for Ric Flair. That was actually just him, not a character. Um, same deal with Randy. He used to talk like that. Freaking weird. And um, dead for now, some reason, he? after years, he died in, in 2011. He had a heart attack. Which 2011? Was I thought it was recently. Tragic. Oh, okay. Yeah. A while back. He was 58 years old. He wasn't even of, uh, um, that old. 10 years, ten year anniversary of Bone Soul. I couldn't take it. Yeah, yeah. Break never his leg, those Bonesaw. hikes again, you know. Now, Bonesaw is essentially just an extension of Randy Savage, right? Like he's he's playing himself more or less. 
he's just called Bone Saw this time. And um, he's he's a lot more violent. He's you'll see like the 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 first wrestler he's fighting against when Spider-Man comes into the ring. Um, he's wheeled away in a um, what is oh, it like the the paramedic thing a yeah. gurney yeah that's the word he's wheeled away in the gun he's like my legs my legs i can't feel my legs he's a paraplegic now like he Bone broke his spine crushing them and these yeah, women fully, are like, like he's actually hurting people and like the cheerleaders want you dead like you know break his legs bone sore the crowd <laughs> come there with cardboard and aluminium uh saws they made themselves which i think is very, very they've cute got a, they've got a sign in the crowd saying kill him which is like absolutely terrifying. Holy shit. Bonesaw is the real deal, man. He's also a little bit homophobic. No, sp- actually, take that back. Peter Parker's a little Spi- bit homophobic. No, no. Spider Man. The human spider. Yeah, absolutely. I like to think that Bonesaw has a partner back home who spent a whole lot of time designing his outfit, getting him looking like just absolutely primo for his big match, you know? And then he has to deal with that kind of abuse. I disagree with one part of some that. From some wiry teenage smartass. His partner's first row. Maybe his, maybe his partner doesn't like violence, Jesse. Maybe his partner's the one who said you're called Spider-Man. Because the man who... Because <laughs> Tobey Maguire, let's not call him Peter Parker. It's Tobey Maguire. He rocks up to the wrestling event yeah. to get money for... Just life, I guess. Just life money. Ca- Does he need it? For it like- it's a. It, it's to buy a car. It's to buy a car to, to impress car. Mary Jane. Because everyone very in New York superficial. And look, let's get to the Mary Jane relationship in a moment. Because upon research, uh, I've realized that relationship has not aged well. Say so he wants to get the money. He goes there. He's like, I'm the human spider. And the other guys, it's like, no, fuck you. You're the Spider Man. That's literally creativity, on the spot thinking and improv. Mm. That only a true it's called salt. calling an audible. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, let's move on from wrestling, the delights of Bone Saw. He's always in our heart. To MJ and and Peter. Now, I'm also gonna ask you a question about Peter. You and I are, are nerds, geeks, freaks, losers. The scum of the earth. Did you connect with Peter Parker in a way? Because he was like, it was like a scrawny nerd power fantasy. In some ways, yes. But also, I've never in my life like perved on my next door neighbor through their window while their blinds were open. So like in other ways, no, I didn't connect with him. You never caught three buses <laughs> to the other side of town to meet a girl who's not your girlfriend? Like, it's a... <laughs> It's troubled. There's just, Jesse, there's some behavior from this guy that, like, once I got older and I rewatched this movie, I'm like, dude, are you all right? Are you okay? You probably shouldn't be doing that, man. There's some weird behavior that I just didn't gel with. But when I was a kid, I wanted to fucking be Tobey Maguire because it's Tobey Maguire. It's not Peter Parker. It's Tobey. Toby, I yeah. was standing there trying to get freaking... Um, webs out of my hands and stuff, man. Go like, make the joke. Make the joke. I, that you I made really saw myself in that. Week. Yeah, but this time it's being recorded. Come on, so make, make the cum joke. <laughs> no, I'm not going to make that joke. You can make the cum joke. Listen, if he made this joke, 
like three times this week and it just sickened me. I thought, look, I'll start a new it was, show. It was twice. It'll be pure. So, you know, I saw, my, I saw myself as uh, Tobey Maguire when I was a kid because I hadn't formed a personality yet. And that's what you do when you're a kid. You go and watch a movie and you come out and all of a sudden you're walking around on all fours trying to climb the wall and shit. You know, that's what it was. You, okay. what, you didn't do that? Did not. I didn't see it in cinema. I, I, I was crawling around on all fours at my house when I watched this on Blu-ray. On, at your house. Uh, like a normal person. Like a normal person, exactly. Okay. Like, I, um, this movie was such like a cultural moment as well. Do you remember the soundtrack? Hmm. Do you remember that Nickelback song, Hero? Um, yeah. I got, I got a, I got a story about this. Oh, okay. God. So, th- this is when, like, back, back in this time, I didn't know anything about rock music. I didn't know like um, Nickelback and like heavy distorted guitars or any any of that shit because that's that music wasn't played in my life growing up and it wasn't played in the country that I lived in. It wasn't popular. But in 2002, Nickelback released a song called How You Remind Me. And this it blew is how my you... Oh, God. Okay. It, that, it's exactly yeah. it. It blew my tiny little mind. I couldn't believe that a, that a person could sound like that and the guitars and the drums and the everything. It was insane. And then I heard Hero and I was like... Whoa, what the fuck? They made an even better version of this song. And <laughs> so I decided at that point I needed a copy of this song on CD because that was the medium of the day. I needed to go and get a copy of this song. So I went into the local big chain retailer to try and buy this song. Sanity, brushes. The, it, it was in New Zealand. It's a place called The Warehouse. It's Essentially, it's like a major department store. They sell everything, everything there. Now, my problem is I went into that store not knowing what the name of the song was or who sang it. So I had no idea what I was looking for. And I searched far and wide and I couldn't find it. And my brain was too stupid to put two and two together and realize like, hey, maybe the single that's called Hero that has the the lyrics and they say a hero could save us. Maybe that's the same song. I couldn't put that together. So I ended up buying the DJ XL remix of uh, Alvis's A Little Less Conversation instead. How'd you fuck up that badly? <laughs> yeah, I, I fucked up, man. I really fucked up. Could you imagine? My parents gave me five bucks, okay? And I had to spend it. I, I remember so distinctly. When a single from like HMV was five dollars, a, a single with five dollars and an album with twenty five dollars, and you had to weigh it up like five yep. singles from different bands. I think the last single I ever bought a physical medium was fuck now. Pretty sure it was Green Day and U two doing House of the Rising Sun that they did for charity. Oh, oh god! <laughs> I don't know why because I liked Green Day. I'm like, oh, it's Green Day. <laughs> Who are these you two fellas? Oh, I'll pick it up. And I oh, bought it. And then... You learned that day, didn't you? Well, I should have just waited because, uh, you know, years later, you two would force their way onto my iPhone. But I should have also realized, mm. oh, Green, Green Day's... Uh, they're done. All downhill. Literally all downhill from did, there. Did, did you relate to Peter 
Peter Parker. Um, uh, yeah. When he got buff, he looked in the mirror. I'm like, yeah, same. Um, just like, you know, witty, a bit of a hero. Actually, like, no, not at all. Because he was 35 at the time as well. Uh, but it, it, it's such, it was such a stereotypical depiction of American school life, which is very different to Australian school life. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just didn't care enough at school, I guess, for to be to be worried by stuff. So not not really. About um yeah, I feel like despite Peter's depiction of living in poverty, he grew up in a very very privileged environment. Yeah, his school was amazing. They got field trips to like full proper science facilities and shit like that. Like. Amazing. Holy crap. Uh, that lab was run with the level of like managerial nuance that Elon Musk brings to Twitter. They had open tanks. <laughs> there I mean, in just in the Spider-Man universe, you have people falling into into eel tanks. You got all sorts of things happening in there, all sorts of goblins and octopi mm. happening. Speaking of goblins, and we'll get to the octopi soon. What did you think of Willem Dafoe? This is Ugh. pre everyone seeing his massive penis in uh, in Nymphomaniac. Was it Nymphomaniac that he's in? There's a film that Willem Dafoe was in, and he hangs dong. And apparently, on set, people thought it was fake because it, he's he's swinging a hammer. So good for him. <laughs> what did you think of Green Goblin? Well, you just knew, you know, when he when he when he stepped onto the screen, you just knew there's some BDE about him anyway. So, I think everyone just accepted that about him. I loved the Goblin. He so was good. an absolutely like loose portrayal. Like he was just cooked. And there's something that he does, which became like a meme between my sister and I because we both we we watched this movie so many times together. Very frequently, you can count it. He's crouching. He's crouching a lot. And he's holding his arms out kind of like this. And it, it is absolutely bizarre to see him like that. He's pulling a face. So my sister and I used to just turn up like you'd walk into a room and the other person would be crouching with their arms out, pulling a face, <laughs> uh, a green goblin face. It's, it's freaking brilliant. His portrayal is iconic. There is something that he does that Sophie and I do quite often. So there's when Aunt May is praying and he bursts through the wall and this this 110-year-old woman is just screaming and she's halfway through her rosaries or whatever and he's like, finish it! Oh, fuck, I love it so much. You can, you can, you can use it for anything. Like, <laughs> if someone doesn't like finish what they're eating, finish it! So good. Uh, it's it's his delivery as well. Like he's he's extracting pleasure from that, and you can hear it in his voice. And he does that all whilst wearing the mask, which is like impressive. He's emoting so much. It's you know what I like about him. He has a very elastic face, so he's very like his expressions yes. go to like one hundred and fifty percent. He has the same power as Jim Carrey, but he uses it for evil. Jim Carrey has this, like, stretchy <laughs> face. He could, like... He does. Stretch his eyes and his cheeks and such. Willem Dafoe just makes me uncomfortable. He's got more muscles in his... 
He's got more muscles in his face than an average man, both of them. So that's yeah, very disturbing. I don't know. He, but like he is um, just. It was such like a campy take. It's a very campy film. Like it's so over the top when you look at it, back at it. But at off the time with your X Men, your Spawn, your Blade, it was very much off the time. But you look back at it, and I miss when actors would just eat up the scenery. You get it every now and then, but look, every other. I, I, I am in the depths of superhero film and property fatigue. I have not watched, I don't care about Secret Invasion. Echo is oh, yes. cool. Mar- Marvel's all right because I liked uh, I liked Miss Marvel. That was a really good show. Uh, I don't know. The Loki season two trailer came out, and it has uh, the guy from yeah. um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, I always forget his name. He was in Indiana Jones. Kei Kwan? Yes. He's in it. And I'd follow that man, you know, across the world. He's brilliant. If I remembered his name. Uh, he's in it. But there's just not enough actors that just eat it up like he like Goblin does in this. And I want to talk about the other Spider-Man films we got since then. But let's just skip a, a bit ahead. Did you watch No Way Home? Spider-Man No Way Home? Uh, yes, I recently rewatched it. Slight spoilers here, I guess. Um, Willem Dafoe comes back as as, as the Gobbo. Um, he's real violent. <laughs> it's like, it's not uncomfortable, but I like it. Does he come back? <laughs> he goes full uh, Bonesaw McGraw. Yeah. There, there's a scene. There is a scene, Jesse, where again spoilers where he's gained peter's trust and then betrays them and he starts fighting them inside of happy's um apartment and i th- i think peter is punching him in the face and he's repeatedly. loving it and it's it's like it's it's really violent it's quite brutal like it's it's surprising to see in a in a marvel film and he's punching him and at one point Willem Dafoe just turns to look at Peter as he's punching him and Peter continues doing it, but he has this absolutely demented smile on his face. It is freaking terrifying. Holy shit, that guy is brilliant at what he does. I saw recently there was like some like B-roll footage or whatever came out. Originally part of the Green Goblin armor was going to be Iron Man's suit, like torn apart and he was like wearing chunks of it. That would have been sick. Willem Dafoe, make that Willem Dafoe been... the new Kang. <laughs> I've got a feeling that every episode hey. of this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and suggest the next Kang because the one we've got right now, mm, that ain't it. That ain't no. it. It's not, not, not going to work. Do that. Let's uh, go back to the film itself. What's the best scene? Because I've got one in mind, but I want to know yours. What's like, the iconic part of that film? Best scene. That's a really that's a hard part. Um, in my later years, I know my favorite scenes, and it's and it's um, uh, not to cannibalize the rest of the show, but it's anything relating to J. Jonah Jameson. I'd like I I love the scenes that he's in, um, and I think it's the second film where they introduce um, the accounts person played by elizabeth banks i don't know oh, yeah. what her name is elizabeth banks um and 
yeah their dynamic and, and interaction like it's just it's just awesome i love i love that it's comedic and it's it's witty and the timing is just so tight and spot on for a movie that is as cheesy and campy as um the spider-man trilogy is no one's ever been better cast than jk simmons as jj that lad no j jonah jameson you can't yeah. you not can't a single soul back. yep can't he's the best i for me at the, at the time, I think I really liked the end because it was really dark and because I was pretty fucking edgy, as you can tell by my black fringe and black denim jacket that I'm wearing. Um, it hasn't gone away. But the ending, when he gets to glide into the guts, that's a lot. Like, mm-hmm. he stabs himself, like, in the... It is. Two blades right through your body. That's going to hurt. In, in, but thinking back of it... through the dick. Go and watch it again. I will. I'll zoom in. And well, for Willem, for Willem Dafoe, most hits on his body could hit his dick. Okay, because, you know. <laughs> yeah, okay. To be fair. Yep. All right. Look fair back enough. in 2002, the Halcyon days, okay, when things were a little bit simpler. And for me, I, th- I try to think of what's the most 2002 scene in the film. And it's at Macy Day- Macy's Day Parade featuring Macy Gray um, singing. Uh, <laughs> wait, I've got, I've got the song up. Um because the name surprised me. Well, I don't know if you're seeing this in the film, but the song that she does on the soundtrack is My Nutmeg Fantasy. Which wasn't oh, what I expected what? it to be called. No. Look at the lyrics. She's singing about nuts and nutmeg and fantasies. Fantasy spelled uh, P-H-A-N-T-S-Y for any of those fantasy star uh, fans out there. They're like, oh, yes. <laughs> We're presented. Because uh, that scene... You have the big floats, and you have a weapon used that is not used again in the film. But Green Goblin rocks up with one of his pumpkin grenades, and he finds the uh, the army gentleman who, you know, they thought we should scrap the idea. We should, quote, return to formula. And he throws his little pumpkin bomb at them, <laughs> and they turn into skeletons. And fully into skeletons. Full skeleton. Halloween style skeletons, if you will. This doesn't happen anymore. You don't you can't put this in a film. It's too much. I loved it. It's so fucking cheesy. Like it's, you can't it's watch bizarre. it with lactose intolerance. <laughs> Cause they they okay, so they go from being with fully with flesh and everything. There's no in-between point. No. They just go from real regular human being into skellington skellington into nothing and like this is like a very distinct point where you can visibly see they are a skeleton right now they exist as a skeleton for half a second so beautiful it is the most bizarre thing and you fucking love it the sound that you get with the skeletons like kind of like fall apart is like it's like falling pebbles it's really really weird foley effect on it and i that scene is permanently in my brain. Just it's forever there. The the entire the the Macy's Day parade, the entire thing. No, the Skellingtons. They haunt me. Just the Skellingtons. What I want to know is with the Skellingtons, when that little pumpkin bomb was thrown at them and it eviscerated them from existence, 
Why didn't the same thing happen to Harry Osborn in the third movie? He's up, got a, it's a valuable question. Scar. Why was these skeleton bombs never used again? I don't know. I don't know if they were meant to be in the film. They just happened. There's no consistency. <laughs> and, okay, we'll, let's get to two and three in a moment. There's just one more scene that I do want to mention uh, and give Tobias Maguire some credit for. You know that scene when he's he's kind of realizing he's got these powers and, you know, we're going through the whole puberty metaphor. Uh, and he has that food tray. And MJ trips over and he catches it all on the tray. Yeah. You know that's an actual take? Yes. None of that CG. And they he did, did it that. many it was, times, right? It was like 260 cuts of it. And he got it. And, like, you have one of these TikTok people doing their little bottle flips and their dude perfects and such no that's the original mm. if that happened yeah on tiktok he would be insert somebody big on tiktok because i'm too old for tiktok but he would be that person a hundred percent if he did that now he'd win an oscar easily he would deserve it uh, well <laughs> let's briefly talk about spider-man Two Spider-Man Three, the Sam Raimi trilogy. Um, I think Spider-Man Two is very much in the discussion as the best superhero film ever made. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. See, you were saying before that you you kind of uh, saw yourself a little bit in Spidey. I'm a little bit of Alfred mm-hmm. Molina. Okay, I'm harnessing yeah. the power of the sun via various podcasts. Okay. I'm taking the, the the low road there, okay? But, like, I like his time. Right he, he has a nice hand. coat. He has multiple arms. I have multiple arms. Kind of falls apart. I like that. his wife beater. I think you can say he's like, you like his wife. I'm like, okay. Well, no, she is lovely. She's lovely. And um, it is, it's, it's kind of, like, why amazing that they managed to build a connection between... Um, Doc Ock and Peter so quickly and you as an audience member also build that connection with um, Doc Ock. And it was kind of cool that it was the same way of connecting with Peter that um, Harry uh, Norman Osborn had. I was like, you know, I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. Um, mm. they, they did that, but they came from different angles with it. And mm-hmm. Peter being the simple that he is, like, oh, science. Uh, just like gets attached to him. Can I ask something about Spider-Man 2? So they're building a, a, a generator to harness the power of the sun, the power of the sun in your hand. Mm. Why would you build that in a small brick building in New York City? <laughs> Why wouldn't you have like a facility? Yeah, some. I thought there was a house. It's on the on the water. I assumed that like, well, I tried to be logical about it, and they they live like on the river or something. And I thought, like, oh, maybe it's like a quick release in case something goes wrong. I've built the facility here so that if this thing goes wrong, I can just drown it in the the river. So the city will be safe. Could you imagine if you actually dropped a small sun into the river, everyone gets steamed to death? That's not good. Yeah. He didn't think it through. I'm sorry. like a sauna. Octopus. Whatever his his, uh, full name is. Octopus, octopus. Uh, also, the, the horror scene in number two, when Sam Raimi goes full Sam Raimi, when he's in the surgery done, 
and you have like, the silhouettes oh. and the blood and the scream. Oh, that's the best. That is so good. It's dark, man. Oh, it's fucked up, man. Like, have you seen... I, I really like Doc Ock as a character. Like, I think in the Insomniac games, Doc Ock's so good. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there's some nods to him in Spider-Man 2. Uh, but I remember I seeing that there is a comic run. I mean, one, there's a comic run where Doc Ock marries Aunt May, which, fuck yeah, get it, son. But also where Doc Ock dies and he's just like his like body is being walked around by these metal tentacles. It's dark, man. Oh, God. Dude, some of the Spider-Man stuff fucked up. Like, Spider-Man noir or whatever. There's one where um, he gave uh, MJ cancer because his jizz is radioactive. That's not a joke. Yeah. Not good. Uh, that's... Uh, uh, that could have been number no. four. That is, it could have been number four. That is a weird story has that radioactive nut. And is, yuck. I'll I say feel it. like that's only really possible in comic books, man. You can't do it in a in a, in a cinem- cinematic form. That is true. How do you explain that? Well, look. Yeah. They had, there has been Spider-Man that made me sick, and that was Spider-Man 3. That kind <laughs> of shitty. Shitty, that, but also had the best scene. That start. certainly was. That certainly was one of the Spider-Man movies of all certainly time. Certainly was, and I'm and glad it ended as soon as Sandman formed and it had one of the most beautiful scenes in a film. I'm glad it ended right there and yeah. then after that. So, good stuff. Fuck <laughs> giving James Franco a s- snowboard. Sorry. Don't give James Franco anything. Take away from him. Nah. That's why they killed him off. And and Topher Grace. Come on. <sighs> That is that that was a sad venom. You know, Jesse, I've always said this about Spider-Man 3. They tried way too much. They tried to put too much into something that didn't need it. And unfortunately, the only real quality thing that we got out of it was the emo Peter meme. And oh, I'm I feeling victimized. I think it's kind of worth it. I I think it's kind of worth it just for that meme. At the time, I hate Spider-Man 3. I thought it was really, really bad. However, it's doing a uh, a Star Wars prequels for me. Where I go back and I'm like, look, they're bad, but they're sort of dumb and they're a little bit fun mm-hmm. and they have their moments. It could just yep. be because I'm so tired with like the current landscape of superhero films that I can look back at 3 and be like, I would mm-hmm. rather watch 3 than most of the recent Marvel stuff and basically all the DC stuff. I'd rather watch three. Dude, I thought the, I thought the exact same thing. I enjoyed watching three. I watched it about maybe three or four weeks ago. I enjoyed it. Cause like, oh, okay, they beat Venom with sound from poles. Cool, like that's so comic booky. Like they're not a good comic book, but that's that's something you could read in a comic book. But then it's like, oh, Venom fought the red Venom in a church because symbology. It's like, I shut the fuck up. Get out of here. Tom Hardy. Stupid. Loser. I don't know, man. I've, I haven't been enjoying... Th- there's been a lot that I've hated about recent superhero movies, but I've never hated 
a Spider-Man movie, a single one. Did you like the Amazing Spider-Man? Surprising. Andy G. It's it's my least favorite. It's my least favorite of all of them by far. But I liked it. I enjoyed it. There's the second one, especially has that 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 scene. You know, um, uh, none of the I other look, movies you, have. When did it come out? Like ten it, years ago. You can ru- you can ruin the Amazing Spider-Man two. I'll allow it. The the Gwen Stacy scene. What happens to her? What? Um, the, <laughs> when she falls and she hits, okay, and uh, you know, there's there's a um, there's an impact to that scene that none of the subsequent Spider-Man movie deaths have on me, at least. Not even it close. Just, it fucked me up, dude. And there's another thing. Well, the, from the previous one, when Uncle Ben dies, um, Andrew Garfield does this thing where he's like. Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben. He just does it like real fast, like as he's holding him, as he's dying. So it's, that's become a, a meme between my partner and I. And like whenever we see someone start to cry in any movie, we just start, Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben. I think you meant like and, in uh, public. Yeah. You just go up to him and like, Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben. I was like, okay, that's, well, that's rough. <laughs> You've given me ideas. Yeah, that's what I do, what I do. Um, I don't know, what, do you, what did you think of them, Jesse, those films? The Amazing Spider-Man films, uh, I think Andrew Garfield is a really, really good Spider-Man. Didn't love him with Peter Parker because Peter Parker is meant to be... Mm. Peter Parker is meant to be a bit of a loser. Spider-Man's kind of cool. And it never yeah. should the twain mix. Um, and <laughs> Emma Stone. Emma Stone's fantastic and everything. I love Emma Stone. She is. So, She's they, brilliant. They were dating at the time, I believe. Yeah, so the chemistry the in, in the movie... It really, really worked. Uh, and then... Um, that, made, that made you care. Exactly. And then with the, the Tom Holland Spider-Man, just the scope was really cool. He's a great... He, he does both the loser Spider-Man, not just Spider, uh, and Spider-Man witty and such. He balances that really, really well, but it's, mm. it's kind of bogged down in Marvel bullshit of, like, it all yes. has to be linked to each other and blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, you have... The Spider-Man films, which are some of the greatest accomplishments of mankind. Um, they yep. are beyond just film, uh, and they are now much more than that. <laughs> they they are. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic. Best, I think it's the best superhero movie I've seen, um, the first one. I kind of... I, I, yes. Objectively, yes. But Spider-Man 2, man, still gets me. It's the... Do, do you know what gets me about Spider-Man 2, Jesse? When he's when he's holding the um, the train and then he falls over and they catch him. All the New Yorkers, they catch him. And then they come up and they take... The, he's got the mask off and everything. And then someone's like, he's just a kid. When I hear that line, he's I'm just like... 40 oh, fucking two me. years old in that scene. Okay. <laughs> also, I like that you brought that up because one of my notes here... Just says the spirit of New York City. Because I really like how New York was a character in it. And like it's the people of New York. Yeah. And it's like a little bit of, hey, we're walking yeah. here. But like everyone was looking out for Spider-Man. Everyone was looking out for Peter. Yeah, Spider-Man. Okay, maybe not his landlord. Spider-Man's looking out for them. Exactly. And, oh, he, he was... That's the thing. There are so many people that like maybe we view as villains so uh, J. Jonah Jameson, for instance, and um, Peter's landlord also. But Jameson yes. is a fucking hero. Yep, I know He's you're... a good dude. Okay, so there's several things where P- 
Peter goes in to negotiate his pay. He tells J. J. Jonah Jameson, like in no uncertain terms in the first movie, like, I want a job. And he's like, nope, freelance is perfect for you. You're a young kid. You got other things going on. You're, you're going to be freelance for me. And um, at one point he comes in and he offers Peter $150 for um, his photos. And Peter's like, no, nah, that's, that's ridiculous. And then he gets up to leave, like in a power move or something. And he's like, all right, fine, fine, fine. And he pays him like the market rate for everything. He's like kind of a good dude. And then there's also the the bigger sign of that. You bury the he's, lead here um, so much. Come on, man. The um, He doesn't tell the goblin who takes photos of Spider-Man. Instead, he just says, he, uh, we, get, we get it in the mail. And he protects Peter's life and his well-being, even though he's literally about to be strangled to death by um, Willem Dafoe absolute mad lad a good dude but he's got the typical boomer issue of abs- being in a toxic relationship with his wife yes and making sure everyone knows about it <laughs> okay no wait before you mentioned elizabeth banks character i couldn't quite click but now i've just remembered when he's trying to take his meds for his heart and she keeps buzzing into him and he just drops them all yes okay that relationship is fantastic <laughs> yes that is yes. great okay i i really it's do freaking hilarious again they are very, very good. Yeah. So before we do wrap up, um, do you think we'll ever get the mysterious fourth? Because it was going to happen. Apparently, um, Sam Raimi was going to be like Mysterio because he's been in, he was in each film. No, no, sorry, not Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell. Um, he was in each Bruce film Campbell. and he was meant to be Mysterio or the Watcher or something. They they hinted that Carnage would be in it. Do you think apparently there is a script, just, and people after I just, No Way Home, people kind of want to. I wouldn't mind an old Toby in a Spider-Man film. I would love it. Let me make this hundred percent clear. I would absolutely adore that. I would love to see a continuation of that Peter Parker's story, but I just don't think that it'll come together. I just think there's too many things standing in the way. Um, there's too many license holders and people who want to get their their share of the the, the profits and their uh, creative input. Uh, Marvel and so and Sony now and then whoever they bring on board. If if Sam Raimi wants to come back to direct it, I just think it's not going to be the thing that we want it to be because of the current market conditions. Well, you know what I just realized could happen because of the writer's strike. If this script is basically done, which is what I've I've heard. Maybe when the writer strike's over and these studios pay their fucking employees. Um, also, fuck Stephen Amell from. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, thanks. Get the bin. Get out of here, scab. Oh, I'll, I'll fight yeah, you in a car His 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 show, his show heels is fantastic, though. But uh, still, I echo that. But I wonder if the, like a studio will be like, oh, this is this will print money, uh, and through the script's basically done, so we can kind of fast track it a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. We can only hope. Keelan Simpson, before we wrap up, in three words, give me three words to describe your feelings, your relationship, whatever, with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Go, Web, go. Fuck, well done. (laughs) Well done, (laughs) Keelan. That was good. And what a way to wrap up. I don't. I was gonna say the first episode of Love Letters, but it's not the first episode back. Uh, it's a whole thing. If you want to hear the episodes that came before this, back in like 
2019. Actually, 2021. I've been re- I'm going to re-upload um, the last episodes we did. So there's about seven or eight of them. They will be when this episode comes out. They will be on Spotify and iTunes. So go back, give them a listen. Um, the audio quality is lower, but the conversations are still good. Uh, tell me what you think, please. We're, I'm just trying to get this whole show started again. So give us a follow, give us a review, please. It helps the algorithm a lot, especially for a show that's just starting up. But of course, while you're there, we still have our other shows. You know, we're a network now. Story Mode Podcast Network, Keelan Simpson. So we still have this Story Mode Podcast and, of course, Dialogue Options if you want to get a bit more video gamey. Um, so check them out as well. We have socials. I spent a large part of my day getting these sorted out. And, we, you know, go check out our cool new logo and everything. We're on threads and Instagram at love letters show i'll put that in the show notes um we're also on twitter because i refuse to call it anything else at love underscore letters pod because some motherfucker took the other usernames uh, but let's face it that site's on fire at the moment i probably won't post there much anyway so maybe chuck it jump on threads instagram give us a follow but more importantly tell your friends about this um we've got a bunch of really good shows lined up in the coming weeks we're going to be doing episodes on Barbie and Oppenheimer, The Haunting of Hill House, Community, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, uh, Far Cry 3. We've got so many episodes lined up. It's going to be a bit of fun. Um, but also, shoot through ideas for other episodes, other guests that I can talk to, um, ideas you have for the show, whatever. Look, it's a whole new chapter for story mode. Um, so tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. Keelan. Thank you for helping me set this all up again, and thank you for being the first guest back. Hope you had some fun. Thank you for having me. And uh, listeners, I haven't thought of a uh, way to sign off, so I'll just do what I used to and give you a little kissy. Bye. Bye.